Good morning and welcome to episode 28 of the Quickie Podcast. Thank you for being here. And thank you to those of you who have been able to leave a review and a rating on iTunes for the podcast. I really appreciate it. We are climbing the ranks over there in the art section and it's exciting to see. If you haven't had a chance to do so, please head over to iTunes and Spotify and leave a review and a rating. If you leave a written review, I read them all and I appreciate them all. So thank you. Today's guest is Carrie Schindler from Tacoma, Washington. She's a freelance graphic designer, and we share some really fun stories. Uh, one of them is about how she were where she first noticed design in the wild, and it was on a yogurt container. And she asked her mom, who does art and illustrations for yogurt containers, and turns out it's a graphic designer. Um, she also shares a funny story about doing research for a cannabis design project she was doing and touring a uh, all these dispensaries and cannabis retail shops while she was mega pregnant and worried about some of the funny looks she'd be getting there. Um, she comes from a huge family that has a love of learning and curiosity and exploring that curiosity. Um, and she even shares a story about making little mini horror movies with her brothers and other kids in the neighborhood and adding sound effects to them from a little CD that they bought with movie sound effects. She also shares with us about her disco meeting that she has with clients and it's super fun. So let's get into today's episode. Carrie Schindler, here we go. Welcome to the Quickie Podcast, the daily interview show where we talk to graphic designers about their journey to the creative field, and we do it in 30 minutes or less. So, are you ready for a Quickie? Good morning, Carrie. Good morning. Are you ready for the Quickie? I am. All right, let's roll with the toughest question first. Briefly tell the listeners about yourself. That is a tough one. Um, I am a freelance designer. Uh, my focus is on branding. Um, I, I was born and raised in Portland, Oregon. Went to school in Bellingham, Washington. And now I make my home in Tacoma, Washington, which is a really beautiful city. So definitely recommend visiting. Mm -hmm. And you're, we were chatting before um, we hit record here. You have a little one as well. I do. Yes. Yes. I, uh, I live with my husband and our almost two year old and our um, adopted stray cat named maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe. Yeah. Was that because you weren't quite sure if we were going to keep her? Yeah. Yes. She's mm -hmm. a maybe. She's a maybe. Yeah. But she's still around. I love it. That's now. great. Um, so then what was your childhood like? And do you feel that you had a creative childhood and what made it so? Um, yes, I definitely feel like I had a creative childhood. Um, so I am number four of five kids. Um, and I think when people grow up with big families, you kind of um, sort of find ways to like differentiate yourself. Everyone mm -hmm. sort of picks like a thing that's their thing and kind of typecast themselves a little bit, you know? Um, so visual arts was always kind of my thing, like drawing, painting, photography. Um, my oldest brother, he did computers. Um, 
I had another brother that was more musical and played, um, you know, like had his bands and played guitar and sang. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my brothers was really into movies. We used to make movies together um, <laughs> with like a, you know, video uh, camera. And uh, and then my younger brother was always into um, like skateboards and stuff like that. So, um, so for me, I kind of, carved out a space for myself amongst my four brothers, um, by being like the artist. Um, and so that was, that was definitely always a part of my childhood. Um, I think another part of my childhood that, um, really has shaped me a lot was I had a pretty unique education. Um, my mom homeschooled all of us when we were young Mm -hmm. and, um, it was very, uh, very flexible. I actually, I hated being homeschooled um, at the time. Sorry, mom, if you're listening. Um, (laughs) But um, I, yeah, I didn't like it. um, But I think looking back, it really uh, equipped me for my career in some pretty unique ways. Um, Mm -hmm. Because my mom was kind of, you know, um, she was, it was a more flexible education. Um, sometimes we had curriculum. Sometimes we would go to the library and pick out books that interested us. Um, and so I kind of learned to be, um, really flexible and, uh, kind of scrappy and resourceful. (laughs) Um, and myself, I'm a, I'm a lover of organization, um, and structure and schedules. And so that really gave me the opportunity from a young age to learn how to kind of be organized in a flexible way and, uh, kind of, you know, bring some order to otherwise chaos, um, <laughs> as you can imagine with four brothers. So, um, so, you know, now that I'm running my own business, I see, I see those skills like come into play every day. Like every day is different. Sometimes I'm working with clients who are in this industry and that industry. And um, sometimes I'm working on my own file structuring, um, uh, you know, software or platform. And sometimes I'm working in, in a client's platform and having to adapt to how they structure their files Mm -hmm. or how their workflow is. And so there's a lot of, like flexible organization um, involved in uh, in the way I run my business. And so that to me, I'm like really grateful that I had those kind of early lessons in that skill. Um, and you know, the other way, the other way I think that um, my childhood really kind of prepared me to be uh, not just an entrepreneur, but a, a creative entrepreneur and a brand specialist, um, is my mom really, she loves learning. Um, and she instilled that love of learning. I think in each of us kids, um, we always had like just tons of books around the house and, uh, we were always just encouraged. Like if we had an interest or we had a question or something like, let's look it up before we had internet in our home. Like, let's go to the library and, you know, find some encyclopedias. And, um, and so that, that, love of learning and that kind of empowerment to just like, Oh, I don't know about this. Let's, let's discover it Mm -hmm. like my day to day now. Right. Like I'm working with people from every industry. Um, right now I've got, uh, I've got some people in food and beverage. I have, um, 
a community nonprofit. I have like, uh, I like, I've been, you know, I've worked with like law firms and uh, <laughs> like galleries, art galleries, churches, bars. Um, and it's just like all a very over diverse client. Yeah, exactly. And so every time I take on a new client, um, I just, it's so fun for me to jump into the research and to uh, have uh, the first meeting with my client, I call the discovery meeting or the disco meeting if I'm feeling saucy. Um, <laughs> yeah, and the disco meeting's the best because we uh, we just get to talk about their industry and their yeah. business and why they started it. And, um, you know, like I said, my mom, she just kind of taught all of us to just love that learning and that discovery. And so that's that's cool that I get to have that be a part of my life still. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it was interesting the part you were talking about making home movies. Um, did you guys make home movies of like the skateboarding and things like that? I mean, we, so our movies, they, <laughs> they were um, all over the place. We, so it was usually, <laughs> it was usually me and um, my brother who was the next up older than me. Um, we're two years apart and, uh, just we've been partners in crime forever. And uh, we would get like all the neighborhood kids to be in our movies. Um, and sometimes we could convince like grownups or like cool older siblings to <laughs> be in our movies too. Yeah. But we would do like, we just do crazy stuff. We did, we used to do a lot of like fake horror movies. Um, <laughs> we had like a little Blair Witch Project movie that we did oh, in man. some a uh, little wooded area kind of behind our neighborhood. Um, and yeah, we just, we do all kinds of stuff. Um, we did like, you know, a 007 type of spy movie. And mm -hmm. we would like, we would write scripts. We'd get on the computer on the word processor and write the scripts and, um, you know, like make full on. Yeah. Yeah. We would, uh, you know, put together costumes and, uh, and then before, you know, we had any kind of like video editing software, we'd edit the old fashioned way where we'd literally like rewind on the tape, the part that we didn't want and like try to cut like that. Um, so that <laughs> so was a start recording from there. Yeah, 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 we did. So it was, uh, it was definitely a, uh, sometimes a pretty complicated endeavor. Um, and then, you know, once we, uh, once we kind of, graduated from uh, our earliest technology we got we got a computer that yeah. uh, we could edit the edit the video on and we would add in sound um we actually we went to do you remember sam goody i don't know if they had that in uh in no. canada but it was a it was a cd store um okay. i don't think they have it anymore because i don't know what they'd sell um yeah <laughs> but yeah, we went to Sam Goody and we bought a, um, we bought a CD of sound effects. It was like oh, cool. 101 sound effects. And yep. we, yeah. And so we like had all these sound effects. We had like explosions and laugh tracks and like all this stuff. And so we would use that in our movies too. Okay. So um, I'm, I'm seeing sort of where the creativity um, you know, was definitely embraced throughout childhood in many different aspects. 
Yes. <laughs> yeah, for okay, sure. So the, for I'm, sure. I'm just going to skip the next question then, because I can tell sort of what led you in that path to the creative field and, and the designer. Yes. Um, but I want to go back to when you first started noticing design in the world and what did uh -huh. you start seeing? You know, um, it's funny because I can actually remember a like particular moment um, when I did have that kind of um, awareness. Mm -hmm. I noticed a yogurt container that we had. Um, I think it was like, you know, on the table and at breakfast. And I wish I could remember what the brand was. I think it was Lucerne. Um, but it was, it was just a yogurt container and I just liked it. I, it had a little illustration on the front and, um, you know, and I just was kind of noticing like the typography on it and the colors. And, um, I just, I asked my mom, I said, mom, who makes yogurt containers? <laughs> who makes, who makes the art on the yogurt container? Like it yeah. was the first time I noticed like art isn't just in galleries and, you know, framed on the wall, like it's on objects. And I said, who makes the art on yogurt containers? And she said, I think that's a graphic designer's job. Mm -hmm. um, and we had a, we had a family friend who uh, taught graphic design at um, George Fox University in Newburgh. Um, and so she said, you know, if you're interested in that, why don't you, why don't you ask this guy, you know, about his job and about graphic design. Mm -hmm. So, you know, again, cause that's like how my mom was, she's like, Oh, you're interested. Let's dive in. Let's explore um, that. You know, that yeah, reminds of like a Miss Frizzle exactly. from like the magic school bus. Yes. <laughs> um, exactly. Yeah. So, so I kind of asked him, you know, like what's graphic design all about? And, you know, he was like, told me, um, you know, really briefly, uh, like what a graphic designer does and all the different things they can design. And I was like, well, I think I want to do that. So I was pretty young at the time. Um, and that was, yeah, that definitely stuck with me. Um, after that moment, you know, and I got to have that conversation. He kind of told me all the places that the design is, right? Mm -hmm. He's like, uh, you know, everything from industrial design, how things work, to um, laying out the letters in a book. You know, I'm reading Harry Potter and noticing the, like, letting and everything. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, somebody laid out, like, type for this book. Um, so, yeah, that was that was kind of the moment, I think, when... I had my, my earliest education in graphic design was just being told all the things a graphic designer could do and realizing like, there's like nothing in my whole life that has it in some way been affected by one of these, you know, mysterious people called graphic designers. So, um, <laughs> so then would you say that that yogurt container design, despite not being you know, probably wasn't fabulous, but it was there. <laughs> it probably wasn't. Um, do you think that that has been the most influential design of your life so far? Or is there something else? Uh, that's a good question. I mean, I wouldn't have thought that the yogurt container would be like <laughs> uh, the pinnacle design of my lifetime. Um, mm -hmm. Influential. You know, I think, I think for me, one of the biggest influences uh, design influences in my life has been um, when I was in college, the senior year, um, we were all kind of, you know, putting our work together. We had a portfolio show, my classmates and I, and if I can kind of just, you know, 
cheat the question a little bit. I think it's just maybe the aggregate work of all of my classmates at Mm -hmm. that time. Um, It just was like, every time I was working on a project, um, you know, and had my head down, I would kind of like get a little bit too tunnel vision on what I was doing. And and then I kind of like look up and see what everybody else was doing. And I always just felt like so inspired by like the, the seemingly like limitless um, imaginations. Like Mm. everyone could be doing something completely different with the same assignment. Like we could have exactly the same, you know, um, like here's all the copy that's going to go in this brochure. Here's all the dimensions, how it has to fold. And then at the end you'd have 20 completely different brochures. And like, that was like very inspiring. And I went to school with some super, super talented people. Um, Mm. And I keep up with a lot of them now. And even uh, just, you know, going back and looking at what they're up to and looking at their, their design is still inspiring to me. Um, I think I, uh, yeah, I always felt like I was, um, you know, probably not the strongest designer in our class. And um, maybe one side of that coin was a little bit of insecurity and I could have been bolder, I think with some of my, my uh, assignments. But the other side of that was that I was just super open to what they were doing and I kind of wanted to just um, absorb as much of their talent (laughs) as I could while I was in close quarters with them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that would be interesting because everybody, when they're designing, you know, they have, you know, their, you know, first 15 to 20 years of life um, that's going to impact and influence through all these different things that happened to them in their childhood Mm -hmm. it was going to shape what their creative vision looks like their worldview i guess it would be for lack of a better term yeah Yeah, that would be the best term i think (laughs) Mm -hmm. so then what has been the most challenging time in your design career so far um why was it challenging and how did you get through it sure yeah um so i uh i was working um freelance, but at an agency. So I'd been freelancing for about six or nine months, maybe, and um, spending most of my time with one agency as a contractor. And so they were kind of handling all the project management and the account management, and I was just doing the creative. Um, And they were ready to kind of bring me on board full time um, and give me some extra responsibilities. And I was also like maybe three months into motherhood um, Mm -hmm. and, you know, um, still kind of finding my footing with that life transition. Um, And so that was, that was a really difficult um, decision to make, but I I told them that I didn't want to um, continue doing that. And I did want to actually not just not come on board full time, but take a step back from working, um, as a contractor, um, it wasn't a full, I didn't fully leave. I still actually contract with this agency from time to time, but Mm -hmm. just a big step back. And I, you know, said, I kind of want to just like work fewer hours and focus on my kid, um, and stuff like that. And then from there, I started picking up more of my own clients and managing the full process myself. Um, And I had had my own clients before that, but it was like, you know, maybe 10% of my workload was my own clients. And then that shifted to where now 
at least 80% of my workload is my own clients. Um, and so I still do. Yeah. I still do some subcontracting for, I actually subcontract for three different agencies right now. Um, but it's just kind of like a little bit here and there. Um, and I really do think of myself as being a business owner and an entrepreneur, whereas before I just kind of thought of myself as a freelance designer. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that transition, that was a really hard decision because like, um, it was, it was a steady job. It was reliable income. It was, you know, everything you kind of want to have, especially when you have a baby. (laughs) Um, but I just was, you know, I was already feeling kind of burnt out and, um, just like, this isn't, this isn't, you know, the lifestyle, I guess that I want, like dropping my kid off and working all day and picking them up and, um, kind of letting, letting other people, um, you know, be in charge of the client process, um, Mm -hmm. and just kind of doing the, you know, I, it's not, it was a good agency. Like I said, I still, I still, um, subcontract for them from time to time. Um, but it just was like, I didn't really want to just kind of like show up at work, do a bunch of work and then come home and do it again. Like I just kind of wanted to, um, to adopt the whole process and just kind of make everything my own and set my own schedule. And, um, so that was a big risk and, uh, I was not sure about it, (laughs) but it was kind of like, well, I'm leaning this way and, uh, I can't really keep these people, you know, like in limbo waiting to hear whether I'm going to be on with them or not. Cause if it's not me, they got to hire someone else. So I just kind of, made that call. And that was a, that was a difficult call to make. Um, but I'm grateful that you, I made it. Yeah. Um, you have to go with your gut, right? You got to go with sort of what you're initially feeling and thinking, despite all of the factors that are like, you know, waving at you, like stable income. Hello. Hey, we're yeah. over here. Yeah. Yeah, totally exactly. Get that. yeah. Yeah. So that was a, that was a tough decision, but, um, you know, I'm glad that I made that choice. And, um, like I said, I still actually subcontract for them a little bit. So the relationship is still there. Um, which is really nice because, uh, yeah, yeah relationships are just string them along and burn a bridge. That was good. Yeah. It's good not to burn bridges, <laughs> good right? Good to not burn bridges. <laughs> when you can avoid it. Yeah. Um, so the, who is a designer or brand that you look up to or closely follow? Sure. Yeah. Well, um, like I mentioned a little bit already, um, all of my like classmates, I still follow most of them, um, on Instagram and some of them are doing really cool work. Um, one of them has kind of, um, like leaned more into art direction and photography. Uh, Mm -hmm. her name's Michaela Falecki. I can't actually think off the top of my head what her Instagram is. Oh wait, yes, I can't. It's Crunchwrap. It's Crunchwrap, which is amazing because I'm like, how are you the first person to get that on Instagram? That is right? awesome. Right? How is that yeah. already taken? But anyway, <laughs> so she's Crunchwrap on Instagram. Um, but she's, yeah, she's doing art direction right now. And um, her stuff's just like, just awesome. She also does a lot of like film photography. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, man, just, just such a beautiful eye, you know, like she just, she does a little bit of work with Amazon uh, home and like, I feel like whenever I see her stuff, I'm just like, well, of course it's hers cause it's beautiful. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I definitely keep up with her um, as well as many of my other classmates. Um, there's some agencies that do a lot of cool work. Um, there's a, 
well, there's a lot of agencies that do cool work. Um, I'm really into chutzpah right now um, down in Orange County. It's mm-hmm. it's not spelled the way it should. It's spelled like H-O-O-D-Z-P-A-H. So they kind of like butchered the spelling, um, but I'll forgive them. Um, <laughs> but yeah, they it's a small team, but they do a lot of work that's, I think, kind of similar to my work, but mm-hmm. maybe... Um, just better. <laughs> uh, but it's very, it's varied, you know, they have a lot of different types of clients, um, and a lot of different aesthetics and everything they will, everything they show anyway, it's just like, it's all great. Um, they're just like typography wizards and, um, their work's very like, uh, lighthearted and inviting you know you want to like just keep scrolling when you're looking at their stuff um so they're cool um there's there's an agency in vancouver um so you know not too far from you right aren't you in vancouver yeah Am I wrong? Uh, about, yeah okay uh, 40 minutes down the road Yes. Yeah. So there's an agency in Vancouver called the idea partner. Okay. Um, and their work spends a lot of time in the real physical realm, which I think is very, uh, fun. They do a lot of like interactive type, um, uh, environmental design and like displays, um, you know, signage and stuff, but they're, they're not like, a they're not focused on that. Like they're branding, they're a branding agency, but it's a lot of like print and signage and, um, stuff like that. And so I think that's a cool emphasis. Um, Mm -hmm. I've always enjoyed stuff that's, you know, you can kind of like physically interact with. Um, and then, um, if I could just say one more, (laughs) if I can get one more person in, it would have to be, uh, Meg Lewis. She, um, she owns darn good, um, as well as ghostly ferns. So darn good is her creative agency. Mm-hmm. Ghostly ferns is a kind of, um, creative, uh, co-op. So several, several entrepreneurs work together under the same brand. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, she's just, she's very inspiring to me because she, she has a lot of success. She does a lot of like you know, um, speaking engagements and things like that, um, has a lot of like followers on social media, but she's never, to my knowledge, like grown to mm-hmm. an agency with a team and stuff. It's still just her. And I think that shows some, um, some restraint yeah. that I definitely respect. And I hope to have that level of restraint too, um, uh, because I don't, at this point, I don't really see myself like running an agency ever. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like to be very successful, but I'd like to be successfully, you know, a solopreneur. Um, yeah. Just just me running my business. And I think she does that really well. So that's inspiring um, to just kind of see how she does that. I like it. Thank you for sharing those ones. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to squeeze in two more questions here. For sure. Um, I want to hear about a project that you were a part of that did not go well or bring the desired result. And what was that like? Mm-hmm. Um, so there was about, about two years ago, I had a client um, in the cannabis industry. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was exciting because the cannabis industry was still um, relatively young 
yep. here in Washington. And, um, and so there was just like tons of potential, right. To, yep. uh, grow and expand and just kind of like, it would have been really easy to just elevate this brand to like the top of all of their competition with just a little bit of strategy and a little bit of good design. Mm -hmm. Um, because like really like no one was even thinking that it was a brand new industry and people were just, they weren't really thinking about, you know, how do we market ourselves on a shelf next to another brand? They were just thinking like, Oh, people want to buy our product. And so we'll just give it to them. Yep. And like the, the lead competition for this company um, that was kind of like at the time, the, the front of the, you know, industry, at least locally, um, they weren't even putting their logo on their packages. Like you had to look, what? yes, they had the, like, they had the, the line on their package, right? Like each of their different types of products was mm -hmm. like, you know, in a series. And so they had like each of their own series on their packages. And this wasn't my client. This was like my client's biggest competitor. This was like the biggest fish in this pond. And, uh, they, they weren't even putting their logo on their packages. And so I was just like, man, the potential to just like skyrocket right now is huge. Mm -hmm. um, but this client that I was working with, they did not hire me for branding or rebranding. They hired me for package design. Um, they had a brand that they loved. It had been, um, the logo had been drawn by the owner's like brother or cousin or something like that. Uh, and he was yeah. very attached to it. Um, and they, they didn't want to have to like pay to do new packages for all of their lines. They just wanted to do, uh, this one, they had a new line and so they need new packages and they wanted it to look like their old packaging. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I took a stab at it and it was very, very different from their existing packaging, which is not what they asked for. Um, and so they said, you know, Hey, can you make this closer to what we already have closer to our existing brand? So I took another stab at it and I was kind of trying to, um, you know, find some sort of in between ground where it could be like tied to their existing branding, but still better than everything currently in the, in the shops. Yep. And, uh, and we kind of went back and forth like that and there were just too many revisions. And so finally they fired me. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh and went with their existing packaging um and you know it's there's a couple projects that have gone poorly where i can go back and say like oh well the client they were difficult to work with or there were too many cooks in the kitchen or they they changed the you know project at the last minute this client really didn't do anything wrong um so it was definitely on the one hand, it was all me because mm -hmm. like I didn't do what they'd hired me to do. I didn't meet them where they were at. I didn't um, listen and take their feedback carefully. I didn't let the customer be right. You know, I kind of was trying to assert myself more than I should have. Mm -hmm. um, on the other hand, like if they had listened to me, I just I feel like they could have, you know, found this little this opening that is now closed two years later you go into um you know a cannabis retailer and the the planning and the marketing and everything is all it's all caught up now everyone's yeah. everyone knows what to do now and so like i i go in and i see that and i'm like oh that could have been them um and so you know that's 
that's still kind of a frustration for me because it feels like a missed opportunity. And even now, I don't know what, I don't really know what the resolution of the story is. I don't know if I could go back and say, oh, this is what should have happened. Um, this is what I should have done. Cause I don't know if there was a way to, um, you know, to get them to kind of see it that way. But mm-hmm. I do feel like, man, that could have been, it could have been good. Like, Oh, that's tough. Yeah. For yeah. Sure. You, you end up sitting with that. So what could have been. Mm-hmm. As a, as a side though, it was kind of a funny project because like I said, it was a cannabis client and I was doing a lot of research with their competitors and trying to figure out, you know, what the, what the competitive landscape was like, but I was also like seven months pregnant when I was doing this project. So <laughs> yeah. just like your so average walking into the cannabis store, just right, like, like mega pregnant, pregnant lady yeah. wandering around the pot shops and everyone's <laughs> kind of raising an eyebrow, like, you know, <laughs> It's a free Look, country, it's stressful, but you know? like, <laughs> we don't recommend that you use these products. Like, yeah. Yeah. You're just there for the CBD. That's it. Yeah. Actually, I wasn't there for anything. I was <laughs> there for research, um, yeah. but it still looked kind of funny. I'm sure I'm sure people drove down the street that knew me and recognized me and thought like, huh, nice. there she goes. And they've never brought it up. Perfect. <laughs> they've never brought it up. <laughs> Um, so the last question I want to get in here is what is one design product tool website or community that you just can't live without? Um, yeah. So, well, like we kind of talked about before the interview started, I am a, um, I'm a bullet journaler. I like to get my thoughts down in a tactile way. And so the dot grid notebook is like, you know, um, indispensable for me because I, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be able to, uh, organize my my life without it. Um, so that's, that's a big one. And I do all my sketches in the same notebook that I do my to-do lists and my calendar and my note taking. It's all in the same book. Um, so dot grid notebooks, those are, those are a game changer for sure. Um, and then the other one I think is a Pinterest. I've always worked on Pinterest. Um, Mm -hmm. like since it was new, um, uh, they've always, well, I don't know if I was like, if it was brand new, but from the time I started using it, you have the ability to add your own pins. And so um, even though the community started out as more like recipes and things like that and fashion, yep. um, I would go on to, you know, design inspiration and the dye line and different uh, websites that I found cool designs on when I was mm-hmm. working on a project. And then I would make my own pins so that I could keep them on a Pinterest board. Um, and I still, I still use Pinterest all the time for projects. Like I, um, I'll have my clients sometimes build mood boards and send them to me. And that's like a really quick way to get into their head visually and see what their inspiration is. Um, I'll build mood boards and then invite my clients and they can see right away. So I don't even have to do any iterations yet. I can just say, you know, um, this, this kind of, uh, style of typography or this kind of, um, color palette or, you know, Mm -hmm. things like that. They can just see right away. Um, quick, easy, like digital way of sharing where the thoughts and direction you think they should go. Yeah. It's, it's so fast. It's so fast to build a mood board, to share it. Um, and so I use Pinterest, all the time. Um, and I think it's getting more respect now as like a designer's, um, platform. Mm -hmm. It definitely wasn't when I was using it that way. Um, but it, uh, yeah, I've always just found it to be the fastest, the easiest way to, uh, get a lot of like visual input all in one space. 
That's perfect. Thank you so much for being on the show. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you very much. It was great chatting with you and hearing your story so far. (laughs) Thanks a lot. All right, it's Dave hopping on at the end here. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. We went a little bit over time, but that's okay once in a while. Great stories. Got to hang around for those. Um, So yeah, thank you very much for listening. We'll see you again tomorrow. Have an awesome day.